Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, sure, old time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, Charlie McAvoy signs a contract extension, and the Bruins start the season off with a win over the Dallas Stars. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, and you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Defenseman Charlie McAvoy has signed an eight-year, $76 million contract extension. And this is good news for the B's future moving forward. They can do kind of a mini rebuild with him, Pasternak, DeBrusque, uh, if he's still if he's still around, Lysel, and Swayman. And you can probably include Stanika and Lauko in there also. So the future looks good with a bunch of young prospects and moving forward. And, you know, they need to lock up Bergeron for a few more years, you know, and this way, you know, after those couple of years, you know, he can pass the C to McAvoy when McAvoy's ready. But right now, it's that's really good news to have, Mar- you know, that's really great to have Charlie McAvoy signed for this long, long period. You know, the thing is, you know, you lock up Bergeron, you lock up Marshawn. You know, I know that they're getting a little older, but still, you know, you still need some of those veterans in there, you know, for team chemistry and everything else. So, you know, this team, you know, everybody keeps saying that, you know, Bergeron, you know, this is this is it for Bergeron, Marshawn, and Ra- well, Rask isn't really here yet. We don't know what his situation is going to be. But, you know, everybody's saying this is Bergeron's last shot at getting another cup. I don't think, I don't, you know what, you don't want I don't really want to think about that. I don't want to think about, oh, this is his last chance. This is He's got many more chances. You know, he's got at least a couple, you know, hopefully five, you know, five or six more years of playing playing in Boston. You know, it would be great to see him win another cup, especially with help from the younger guys. You know, I know he's not going to play into his 40s like Chara is, but still, it's going to be, it would be nice to see, you know, stop talking about this is the last time. This is the last time for this group. It's not the last time for this group. All they're doing is like rebuilding. And the thing is, if you think about it, the range, the Rangers. Wow, wow, man, I'm thinking about their rebuild. <laughs> the Bruins and their rebuild. You know, their rebuild is good. You know, they're not really rebuilding. They're just adding players, and that's that's what's good. You know, you're not starting. You know, you're not going to blow everything up and start with a complete rebuild. They're actually bringing guys in, you know, they're bringing in young prospects and they're playing pretty well. You know, some of them haven't really panned out the way that they wanted, but still. Now, the Bruins started off the season with a 3-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Brad Marchand had two goals. One of them was a pen- was on a penalty shot. The other one was an open it was a was an open net. And um <laughs> I got to tell you with that that open net and the way he was taken down and the way Jack Edwards went absolutely ballistic over that, I don't know. I, I, I'm a Jack fan. I like Jack Edwards, but he he pushed it a little bit too much. 
you know, not really taking a look at the replay, you know, you know, calling it a slew foot. I, no, you know, I, I know, I know it's a fast game and, you know, believe me, I know that hockey games are tough to call. So I don't know about that one. I mean, he, he just, he just went off. He just went off on that calling for a suspension and everything else. And I'm, and I'm like, this is, this happened at the very end of the game, you know, almost at the end of the game. And it wasn't, you know, was it intentional? I don't know. But to be honest, that wasn't a suspend that that wasn't a suspendable call. Now it's great to see Jake DeBrusque have a great game. You know, hopefully he's gonna have a good season. You know, he find it looks like maybe maybe he might find his game this year. Last year he had he had some issues with uh, the COVID protocol, missed a couple of games, so you know that set him back a little bit. So hopefully. You know, maybe maybe him being on the third line is good for him. Maybe having him, you know, not seeing a lot of time, but still, you know, having new line mates is going to help. I mean, you got to think about it. When he came into the league, who did he have? He had David Krejci as his line mate. And then, you know, and then he got pushed down to having Coyle. So let's, you know, last season. So let's just, you know... I think maybe you know we got we got to give DeBrusque a little bit a little bit of a, of a break here. All right. Hopefully, you know he'll have a good season. And you know enough of this trade talk about DeBrusque going to Edmonton or going to Calgary or going to L.A. or wherever. You know, hopefully those trade rumors will stop, and he'll have you know he'll have a decent season. So. I'm hoping to ha- see him with at least ten goals by by Christmas. That's my that's my thing. I know probably I'm asking a lot here, but still, it would be nice to see him. You know, possibly get you know ten goals. Maybe you know what? Maybe even just five by Christmas. You know, I'd like to see him end the season with like, you know, fifteen to twenty. But still, we'll you know that's a wait and see. But hopefully, this will be a bounce back season for Jake DeBrusque. Now Jeremy Swayman looked good. I'm kind of glad he got the start for the first in the first game, and I'm kind of hoping he starts he starts a couple more games, seeing that the Bruins really don't have a uh, have a a large you know you know he seeing that the Bruins have a a gap in between games. So Swayman looked good. He made 27 saves on 20 28 shots, you know, and you know the one thing is when when he let that. When he let that shot go, or when he let that goal in, I expected Twitter to bl- to blow up. I expected Twitter to go crazy, saying, "Oh, you know," but st- but you know, none of that happened. All right. Now, on the other hand, if that was Tuka Raskin, that people would have blown up and said, "You know, trade Tuka, Tuka's, you know, he choked, stuff like that." All right. Now, a lot of people are saying that Swayman could be a Calder winner. And I agree. But here's the thing. Don't get too excited. It's only one game. He's going to have a few bad few bad games in there. He's going to have a, a couple of bad games. And don't forget, Rask might be coming back. All right? He could be back by January, which means that Swayman could get sent down. So... Don't get all, you know, don't get all hyped up about him being a call, you know, going for the Calder. 
He's he's probably not even going to be around for the remainder of the season. So, you know, everything is up in the air. Tuca's not signed. He's still recovering from his from his surgery. So, you know, don't get don't get your hopes up. And here's the other thing is, you know, we still have Olmark too. You know, maybe Olmark could turn things around and and be, you know, be the number 1. So, I'd that's going to be that's going to be one of the tough places, you know, one of the tough positions this year, you know, seeing, you know, what Swayman's going to do, what Olmark's going to do and if Rask comes back. Now, the first line looked good as expected. You know, they look really good. You know, you, you you can't really say anything negative about that top line. The power play unit of Pasternak, McAvoy, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Hall are going to be great to watch. You know, hopefully they'll get, hopefully they'll be one of the top power plays in the, at least out of that, out of those, you know, five guys, I'm hoping the Bruins are at least in the top five in, in, in the um, power on the power play. Least top five in the league. I mean, and you would have expect that. Now the second power play line, you didn't really see too much of that second power play line. So you know, I really didn't know who was on that second power play line. I think it was. I think Coyle was the only was in there, and I wasn't sure who else. But I expect that power play, uh, that power play unit of Pasternak, McAvoy, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Hall. To be one of the top one of the top power plays in the league, at least top five. I mean, if they're not top five, then you know there's something really, really wrong with the power power play. Uh, I know it's just one game into the season, but you can really see how much more consistent the third line presence is. Halla and Felino are play are playing a high energy game, you know, and that's forcing DeBrusque to keep his feet moving, you know, to keep up with them. And I. I like like I said before, DeBrusque is going to have a pretty good season with these two guys. I mean, you actually have Halla, you have Felino. You know, I think he's I think he's going to find I think he's going to find home, a home on that third line. Now, speaking of third line centers, Coyle looks like he's not not in sync with uh, Smith or Hall. You know, he only played one preseason game. So, I would give him a few more games and see what happens. You know, I would say maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the third line by December if things don't work out. And hopefully things do work out. So, you know, it's going to take him a couple a couple of games, maybe by, you know, they have a game Wednesday, they have a game Friday. Um, I believe that they have a game on next Sunday. So, you know, I would give him like four or five games to really get, let him get in sync with Smith and Hall. Um, and you know, by December, maybe, maybe if things aren't working out, you move him to the third line. I don't know what you do with Hala, you know, maybe move him down to the fourth line, but I don't know. It's, they're pretty stocked at center. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, would this mean that Stanika gets called up? It's possible, but Right now he's in Providence, and he's and I was surprised he's centering Wagner and Lauko. I mean, I was a little surprised to see Wagner on the top line. I I'm glad he's getting first line minutes instead of th- a third line or fourth line minutes. I mean, I went to the um, Providence Bruins game in Hartford uh, yesterday. 
They were taking on the Wolfpack, and I was, I have to say, I was really impressed. I was impressed with that line. Uh, Stanika and Wagner both scored um, in the in a 4-3 shootout loss, and Lauko had two assists. So, you know, at least Wagner's getting some, he's getting plenty of ice time. This is probably going to help his game a lot, being down there. You know, you got to take, and, you know, I'm hoping he takes advantage of being down there. You know, and maybe maybe at some point when, you know, Coleman or Bleed, they don't, they don't perform. Maybe he gets called back up and he stays back up here again. So, you know, I I love seeing, you know, seeing Wagner down there. I mean, it's going to be good for to him t- to clean up his game. And maybe maybe when he gets called back up to Boston, he's not a fourth line winger. Maybe he's on the third, maybe maybe they move him to the third line and put Felino on the fourth or whatever. But I think this was a, you know, at first I didn't think this was a good move. But for Wagner personally, I think this was a good move for him. And, you know, hopefully he'll be back up in a couple, you know, like I said, maybe by December. I'm giving December the deadline for all these, all these like, you know, trial runs. You know, Coleman and Blee, I expect them to be back down in Providence, back down in Providence by December. Because I really don't think that those two guys are... You know, they're not NHLers. They're AHLers or, you know, even they're not ECHLers, but they are AHLers or even, you know, go play over in Europe. Because they, I don't think that those two guys have enough, have it to play in the NHL. I mean, Kuhlman had his, had his chances playing with uh, David Krejci for a while, but that just didn't work out. He had injuries. He was sent down. So all types of, all types of different, different scenarios with that one. The same goes for Zach Senishin. I mean, you know, watching the game yesterday, he had a decent game, you know, on the second line. I think he was on the second line, but he had a decent game. But the one thing that really bothered me about him um, was in the shootout. He tried to be a little bit too fancy with that one. And, you know, he tried to do something really like a spin move or something, and that really didn't pan out. You know, if you have the skill, you could probably pull it off. Senishin doesn't have the skill to pull that off unless it's something he's been practicing, you know, you know, in practice, you know, if he's been doing, you know, if they've been doing shootouts in practice, you know, you know, shootouts in practice and he's, and he's actually been successful doing it. Well, don't do it in when the game is on the line, do it. You know, if you want to go do crap like that, do it in practice. You know, do it on your own time. Don't do it when the game is on the line. Because I can tell you right now, at that point, if if it comes down to the Providence Bruins not making the playoffs because of that point, yeah, then, or the two points, then, uh, you know, why did you, you know, waste time being, being an idiot? And here's the other thing. I think, I honestly think it's time to let Zach Senishin go. He's been a bu- he's been a Bruins bust, you know, possibly a career minor leaguer. I don't I don't see I don't see him playing, you know, playing in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he would have a chance of playing in the NHL if he was playing for Buffalo or even even the expansion Seattle Kraken. But I don't see him. I honestly don't see him playing in the NHL. 
I mean, he's he's had a couple of call-ups. He's looked pretty decent. But still, you know, you know that, that was a bust. You know, the same could be said, like, for Blee and Coleman, too. You know, those three guys probably, you know, shouldn't even, you know, shouldn't be up in Providence. It shouldn't be up in Boston. I mean, they could be easily being sent to, you know, like I said, Buffalo. Buffalo would be a good place for them. Ottawa would be a good place for them. You know, even Vancouver would be a decent place for them. You know, they could probably make the roster in Vancouver or Ottawa or Buffalo, you know, um, you know, a bunch of other places. But I don't think that they're, I don't think that these guys are Bruins, you know, these guys are Bruins. You know, they, they, they shouldn't be here. You know, you're taking up a roster spot right now. I mean, there's plenty of other, other guys that they could probably bring up from, from Maine of the East Coast uh, Hockey League or the ECHL. That's, that's the way I see it. Those guys, those guys are not, you know, NHL material. Now, Kyle Kaiser looked, he's the goaltender in Providence. He looked good. Is he an NHLer? I doubt it. He made 22 saves on 25 shots. And he made some great saves with traffic in front of him. There weren't too many rebounds. And he played his angles well. But I really don't think he'll be called up to Boston unless unless by some chance Tuca doesn't come back, Swayman or Allmark get injured. God, I hope not. And... He has the potential. I mean, it's there, but I have a feeling he's he's just the number one guy in Providence right now. He might even be the number two guy, depending on the Tuca situation and Swayman going down. But right now, I think Kyle Kaiser is is the number one guy in Providence. You know, if he if there's injuries to Swayman or Olmark, then he goes goes up to Boston. But I really don't see him playing up in Boston. You know, I see him as as the backup, you know, to Allmark or Swayman or whatever. He looked good. You know, not spectacular, but you know, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's up there to be the be an NHL goaltender unless he works on his game. I mean, at best, he's probably an NHL backup. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, see how Kaiser does, you know, throughout a long season. And like I said, Swayman's going to be down there within a matter of months, you know, so you're going to have a Swayman-Kaiser tandem down in Providence while you have a Tuca-Allmark in, up in Boston. That depends on if Tuca does, does resign. So we still don't know, but we all it, it all points out to, yeah, Tuca's probably going to wind up coming back. Now the future of the Bees goaltending looks good. I mean, it looks really good. You know, not only with Swayman, but there's a Swedish goaltender by the name of Philip Swayback. Svedback, Svedback, I guess. Um, he's a 2021 fourth rounder. He left Europe to play in the United States Hockey League out in the Midwest. You know, so that's where he's going to be spending his 21-22 season. He's going to be playing with the Dubuque Fighting Saints. And he's headed to Providence College next fall. So... The future looks good as as far as the goaltending. Such I mean, the goaltending situation looks great. I mean, you have Swayman. I mean, you know, in a couple of years, you're gonna have, probably end up having a Swayman Svedback tandem, which is gonna be good. You know, Swayman will be your number one. 
Svedback will probably be your number two, you know, eventually because you know Olmark did sign a has it does have a contract, you know. So once may once his his time is up, you know, Olmark's time is up. Maybe this Philip Svedback kid would be ready to go to be a backup or even playing in Providence. And you you gotta you gotta realize something here. Swayman is a college college goaltender. Svedback is going to be a college goaltender. So two college goaltenders, and I know there's a lot of you out there that probably not you know probably hate on college hockey, saying oh it's not real hockey. You're probably you're probably the same idiots out there that are saying that the AHL isn't real hockey. Well, it is because you know where do you think some of your players have come up from? You know. You know, McAvoy played in Providence. Pasternak played in Providence. Brad Marchand played in Providence. You know, hell, um, Bergeron played there. Everybody, everybody on this roster has at least had some time in Providence. So don't tell me that the, that the AHL, the ECHL, college isn't real hockey. All right, but enough of that. So, like I said. You know, Swayman, Swayman's, Swayman's the future. You know, do I really want to push him now? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I'm not sold on this goaltending tandem of him and Allmark. I think Swayman should be the number one guy until, you know, if, when, whenever, whatever, Tuka Rask comes back. But the future of the Bees goaltending is looking pretty good. I mean, you got Kyle Kaiser in there. He could possibly, maybe he could step up. You know, if he's going to be getting number one goalie, you know, start, you know, if he's going to be getting a majority of the starts in Providence, you know, maybe he could be the, could be a backup at some point in the future. You know, you have this kid, Phil Svedback, who could possibly, you know, be a goal, you know, be the goalie, be another goalie of the future. You know, I mean, you could possibly have a Swayman Svedback tandem, and they could be really good, kind of like what Raskin. Um, I can't remember his name now. Drew, Drew, I drew a brain fart with that one. Don't remember his name now. Oh God, I don't remember. It, it's amazing how how when one guy goes, you just you just forget all about him. But the future in Boston looks good. You know, I'd like to see Bergeron and Marshawn get another shot at a cup. And I believe they could get it with the younger, much younger guy, you know, with the younger, with the younger kids. You know, they just got to give, they just got to give, you know, these younger guys a little bit more time. I mean, Pasternak, we already know that Pasternak's great. We already know that McAvoy's great. We know that Swayman is going to be great. It's just wondering what's going to happen with, with the guys like, like Lysel, you know, or Stednika and Lauko and a bunch of those other kids down in Providence. You know, we don't know what, you know, what they're capable of. You know, but it's going to be, it's going to be a f- fun to watch the future of this team going forward. You know, do they make the playoffs this year? There's a good possibility they do. There's a good possibility they don't. I don't really look for them to be a top three in the division. Well, if, well, now, now there's a good possibility of them being a top three. There's a good possibility. I mean, at first, I thought it would be, 
you know, Tampa, Florida, Tampa, Florida, and Montreal. But with Carey Price going down, it might be, it looks like it could be the top three in the division could be Tampa, Florida, and possibly Toronto or Boston. So who knows? I mean, we don't know. And and it's it it's gonna we we really don't know how things are gonna pan out until we get to like December. That's when we'll get an idea of what this team is gonna be. You know what this team is capable of. You know what do they need? You know do they need to make a trade for that for that extra spark that they found last year when they traded for Hall? So who knows? The Bruins are gonna travel to Philly to take on the Flyers on Wednesday. Now that game is on TNT, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed with the T with the uh, guys on TNT. So, you know, puts you know the this TV package, you know, is going to work out for the NHL. I really like like the guys in the in the studio, the in studio guys for TNT. The Bruins shuffle up to Buffalo on Friday to face off against the Sabers. That game is on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Now. This is where I'm a little unsure about the about the NHL TV deal. Not everyone has signed up for ESPN Plus or Hulu. All right. Well, not a lot of people were able to get the NBCSN games either. So, you know, I would expect that most people are signed up for Hulu. Um, I like. I mean, I like the ESPN having the ESPN Plus. You know, not only can I watch you know and all the NHL games I want. But I have access to the KHL and college hockey. And, you know, I'm just hoping that this, you know, ESPN Plus, you know, doesn't black out or do anything stupid, you know, to me on Friday night. I mean, I do have ESPN Plus and Hulu because it was part of my Disney Plus package. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that one works out. But I have a feeling it's going to work out okay. Uh, that's the reason why the NHL signed this deal. I mean, you have you have ESPN Plus, you have Hulu, you have you know e- regular ESPN, you have ABC, you have TNT, you have all these like you know streaming services, you know regular t- regular cable outlets, a regular television network to broadcast on. So I think that this is going to work out. This this is going to work out pretty well for the NHL. And being a broadcast guy, like, you know, being a broadcast guy, you know, it's it's great to see that I can I can access all types of games. If I wanted to, I can go out and I can access, go to ESPN Plus and watch, you know, the Battle of, of Edmonton like I did the other night, uh, Battle of Alberta the other night. You know, I wasn't able to do that, you know, for so many years. And now I can go and I could, you know, after the Bruins were over, I was able to tune into that to the Battle of Alberta. If I want to, I can tune like tonight or whenever any other night that the Bruins aren't playing, I could turn on my TV and I can watch the you know, I can watch the Canadians take on the Leafs or Ottawa take on the Leafs. I can watch the Battle of Florida. You know, I can watch the Vancouver Canucks play the Kraken. You know, this is what's great about the about this service. You know, and it's and it's a cheap service. So it, that's awesome. So the NHL really nailed it with this with this deal. Now, Jimmy Hayes' family revealed that fentanyl and cocaine played a role in the former Boston Bruins uh, 
Forward's death uh, over the summer. So that's that's kind of that's that that's kind of sad right there. That's a little sad when you know, you know. I didn't. I thought it was not. You know, didn't think about it. I wouldn't have thought about it as a as a substance issue. I would have thought it was a natural issue because you know there are some hockey players that'll you know leave the game or you know like like um you know there will be some players that you know suffer suffer injuries and you know there's there's quite a few of them you know maybe it was some you know natural causes but the, to be honest you know fentanyl and cocaine <laughs> you know I thought it you know that's 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 really sad and the Bruins lost another another uh, member of the family, former Bruins defenseman Leo Boyvin, passed away on Saturday at the age of 90. He played 12 seasons for the Bruins from 1954 to 66 and served as the captain of the team from 63 to 66. And he was inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1986. Now, he was also, he was also um, I believe he was also the uh, coach the St. Louis Blues at one point. And he was also um, the assistant general manager of the Hartford Whalers. So a little bit of extra information in there for you. So the Breeze are off to a pretty decent start. I know it's only been one game, but still, you know, the season's here. You know, I'm going to have a lot more things to talk about on Mondays, Tuesday, Mondays or Tuesdays, maybe even a Sunday night. I don't know. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year. We're gonna have a lot to talk about, you know, you know, especially after a weekend, after a busy weekend, you know, after a busy weekend like like next weekend, you know, they play Friday night, and I believe the Bruins play on Sunday at noon. So it's gonna be a great year, and there's gonna be a lot to talk about, especially with the kids and the Providence kids, you know, the Tuca thing. Um, Swayman, so it's going to be interesting. This and and the fact that Fabian Lysel, we're going to keep up. We're going to keep tabs on his what's going on with him in the with playing with the Vancouver Canucks, Vancouver Canucks, whoa, Vancouver Giants of the WHL. And we're also going to, you know, maybe dip into a little bit of what's going on up in Maine with the Maine Mariners. Yep, the Bruins are back with a minor league affiliate in Maine again, and that's good news. This is this show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Are you interested in advertising on the show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and go Bruins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.